It is truly, truly a joy to see you all here on this beautiful morning, and it's a joy to celebrate this marvelous feast with you. I want to I welcome you all, but I especially want to welcome you if you are visiting with us for the first time or if you are back after a long absence. And I especially, especially want to welcome you if a well-meaning loved one has dragged you here this morning. <laughs> Hopefully not against your will, but it is so welcome. Welcome to you all. I pray that you all find something beautiful or moving here today. And I hope you leave here with just a, a bit more hope and a bit more love. Please know that I am, how honored I am to, that you have chosen to spend your Easter here in this wonderful place. So, once upon a time, there was a boy, an anonymous boy, mind you. This boy used to walk home from school at a young age. And every day, when he was about a block away from home, he was greeted by a dog. The dog was not a, a big dog, maybe the size of a, of a dachshund or a Jack Russell Terrier. And when the dog saw the boy, the dog would bark out of the excitement of seeing the boy. For you see, the, the dog liked the boy. But when the dog barked, the boy became scared because the boy was convinced that the dog was going to bite the boy. And so, of course, because he was scared, he ran. And the dog thought that the running was a wonderful game, and so the dog chased the boy. And this, in turn, confirmed the fear that the boy felt, and he became all the more terrified because now the dog was chasing him. The boy lived in fear of that little, little dog. Another time, the boy was asleep in bed in the middle of the night. And he woke all of a sudden and, and saw a shadowy figure that, that looked like an intruder or a monster. The boy could feel the, the threatening presence in the dark, and the boy froze. He could not call out. He could not run. His heart raced. His adrenaline pumped. And yet still, he remained frozen. He could not move or speak. And after what seemed like an eternity to the boy and to the shadowy figure, they both remained frozen in time. After what seemed like an eternity, the boy lay back down. Still, mind you, in absolute terror, but resigned to whatever fate would befall him. Eventually, the boy just fell back to sleep. 
Now, as the boy grew, his, his fears grew with him. He was no longer scared of little dogs or of the dark, at least not most of the time. No, he, he began to fear failure and rejection. He began to fear humiliation and futility. He began to worry about his inadequacy and his incompetence. He agonized over the intentions of others, the the cruelty of others, the callousness of others. He became concerned with making ends meet. He, He worried about his job and his bills. He was anxious, anxious for the well-being of his family and friends, especially for the well-being of his children. He was troubled by the idea that, that he could never really make amends for the harm that he had caused others. He became alarmed by the injustice and oppression that he witnessed and experienced, and he feared the feelings of powerlessness that he felt in the face of injustice. He feared illness. He feared death. And he wondered if it all might be pointless after all. Just like when the boy, when he was a boy, now the man had fears that often caused him to run at least metaphorically, or freeze in place. And as he aged, he added lashing out into his toolkit. Fear and anxiety was now just woven into his life. In some ways, it was, it was always there, just as it is always there for all of us. We are vulnerable and fragile creatures who live in a world that is fragile. At any moment, our whole lives can change. At the blink of an eye, our lives can end. And as such, because we are vulnerable, the fears that we feel are not bad or wrong. The absence of fear is not courage but rather recklessness and foolishness. The question for us is not whether we fear, but rather what do we do with our fear? Or maybe, it might be better to say, what does our fear do to us? Because what fear does to us is a problem. Because we live in a world enthralled and trapped by fear. Fear dominates our lives. And when fear takes control of us, our vision and our perspective shrinks. We become small and cruel. We become prisoners of falsehood. We see the stranger only as an enemy, only as a threat. We become behooven to those who promise us security, who promise that they will keep us safe from that which is different. 
fear causes us to reject the immigrant and the refugee and to, and to lock children in cages. Fear paralyzes us and keeps us from making meaningful strides in addressing climate change. Fear perpetuates injustice and oppression, racism and misogyny and homophobia. When we are dominated by fear, then we are not truly living because this domination keeps us from loving. And if we are not loving, then we are not truly living. To live a life dominated by fear is to live a life dominated by the power of death. When we look in on Mary Magdalene this morning, we see a woman captured by fear. She discovers the tomb is open and she runs to tell the disciples her fear that someone has taken Jesus' body. Consumed by her grief and her fear, she is unable to truly see angels in Jesus' tomb, though they stand right before her. And perhaps, too, it is her fear and her grief that keeps her from seeing Jesus himself as he stands right there. But when Jesus calls her name, when Jesus says, Mary, everything changes. Empowered by Jesus, she is able to return to the other disciples and she is able to proclaim, I have seen the Lord. This experience, this witness, this encounter, it changes everything for her. It's not that her fear has been removed. She will still have much to fear, but because she has experienced the risen Christ now, now she's able to live in courage. She has been released from the domination of fear. For Mary, everything has changed. What Mary knew and what the church has proclaimed is that when God raised Jesus from the dead, God did not just do something isolated in the life of Jesus. It is much, much bigger than that. Rather, when, when God raised Jesus from the dead, God began to usher in the transformation of the world as a new world has begun to emerge with the risen Christ as its center. The resurrection of Christ is God's future, breaking into our present, announcing the triumph of life over the power of death, announcing the triumph of love over hate. Jesus is now free from all constraints. Jesus is now free from, from any power that would degrade or corrupt. And if Jesus is free to live and to love, then now we are free to live. Now we are free to love. Among other things, 
This freedom means that we need not be dominated by fear. The theologian Jürgen Moltmann wrote, when the fear of death dies, the fear of life disappears too. We need not let fear dominate us because God has triumphed over everything that threatens us. When Jesus is raised from the dead, God proclaims that absolutely nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are now truly free. But this this liberation does not mean that fear will be no more. We will still know fear. But in Christ, this liberation does mean that we can be released from the grip of fear, even as we endure it. Another theologian, Karl Barth, wrote, as the Christian prays, He actually anticipates his own liberation from anxiety, even when he is engulfed in it. To pray is to already trust in God's liberation that the resurrection announces. So too, every act of love, small and large, anticipates this liberation. As we seek and serve Christ in all people and love our neighbors as we love ourselves, we anticipate this liberation. As we work for justice and peace and we respect the dignity of every human being, we anticipate this liberation. As we gather around Christ's table in the Eucharistic feast, we get a foretaste of that ultimate liberation and communion that God will bring about. As we gather around this table, we anticipate our liberation. Christ's resurrection is the victory of life over death, not just in the age to come, not just after we die, but in this very moment. Because Jesus is risen, we are empowered by God to be a sign of life in the midst of death. We are to be a sign of hope in the midst of fear that would look to paralyze us and degrade us and make us small and make us cruel. For God has conquered that which we fear, conquered every source of dread and anxiety. So now, now we are truly free to live. Now, now we can give of ourselves in love, just as we were created to do. Trusting, trusting that nothing, absolutely nothing, can defeat God's love and God's justice. For Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Amen. Amen.